Welcome to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. I am your one and only host, Alexandra. Chantal Stafford Abbott has had a whirlwind career journey. Spearheading into fashion modeling has allowed her to see the most exotic and luxurious places in the world, working for the likes of Oscar de la Renta, Vivian Westwood, and Paco Rabanne. She started her career in Paris, then Tokyo, and ended up living in New York City, the quintessential fashion capital of the world. She was, by all accounts, living the dream. Something else about Chantal? She grew up north of the Canadian city of Montreal, close to nature, with a deep holistic connection to the forest. Her self-proclaimed dissonance grew as she observed this internal struggle between living this glamorous, high-pressure life and her deeper desire of being connected to community, nature, and spirituality. This discomfort eventually is what pushed her towards starting her community and well-being platform, The Deep Space. Here she interviews guests and sets themes such as body image, purpose, and privilege, just to name a few. I am so excited to be welcoming Chantal to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. What a beautiful intro. Oh, thank you. Did a little research. <laughs> that, I love that. Thank you so much. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. I am so happy to be connecting. I know from our first conversation, we had sort of a an immediate connection, first off, because geographically, we're close. I know, I know. Which I love, because I have the privilege of interviewing people from all over. But there's something about like a hometown girl that just makes me feel really excited. <laughs> totally. There's something special about it, for sure. We love our city. So welcome again, Chantal. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, so I'll start off just again, because simplicity is always queen. Tell me, what is your word for 2020? So my word for 2020, I think that at the beginning of the year, I would have had a different word, to be honest. And um, it's sort of switched throughout the quarantine. Um, and I would have to say that my my word for 2020 is maybe two words, actually. It would be letting go. And I think that's something that we've all had to do in some way or another. Um, but I know for myself, I had all these plans and, and these ideas of what the year would, would bring in my head. And there's so much that I cannot control. And so I just got to let that shit go. Let go. Totally. Totally. There's actually so much to letting go. It's actually more empowering than being controlling. Totally. And I think that like a lot of, I mean, especially a lot of women that I know, men as well. I mean, every, every gender identity, but um, I think especially for women, we have this sort of perfectionistic tendency to want to control everything and have it be perfect and have it be the way that I want it and be able to, you know, whether it's the cleanliness of your house or the way that you, your career goes or, you know, all these different um, aspects of life that, that I and many others try to kind of grip and control. And, and, um, this, this pandemic has really been such a, I mean, uh, obviously terrible and horrible, but also a beautiful way to kind of remind me that there's so much that I don't have control of and that it's okay. It's okay to not know exactly what my career is going to look like this year. It's okay to not, um, you know, know if I'm going to be able to travel soon or, you know, and 
being able to kind of bring those perfectionistic and controlling tendencies to light because of the situation that we're in has been a blessing in disguise and being able to remind myself, my word of 2020, letting go. Letting go. Yeah. We don't really have a choice. We're in a, we're in that kind of a situation and you're absolutely right. I think now more than ever, the onus on well-being has been such an integral part of our day-to-day because you're right, we're struggling to see what the next step is. And for many, if not the majority, we don't know. So to that, um, it brings me to your awesome platform, The Deep Space. Um, So tell us, tell us everything. How did you get started on this journey and why is it so near and dear to your heart? For sure. Well, like you kind of said in the intro, I have these two really meaningful parts of my life. One is more the fashion industry, culture, living in New York, living in Paris, having that that world and those those bubbles of uh I guess living in a modern world and and traveling and and all of those things that it, <laughs> that encompassed living in New York City for a decade. And then the other part of my life is um a big connection to community, to my family, to personal growth, to spiritual growth, to meditation and yoga. And um, I think that it was sort of inevitable that I would create something like this. Um, I'd definitely been a part of a lot of different communities in the past that were so inspiring. And I think that I always imagined myself starting something like this, but never thought that I could for some reason. And so, um, I think I probably would have started the deep space a lot sooner had I not had so much fear around being able to do it. But basically, um, what happened was when I moved back to Montreal from New York after living there for just under a decade, um, I found myself really yearning for community and connection in a more meaningful way than the interactions I was having at school, um, or at work. And I couldn't find those communities. I was Googling things. I was trying out different groups. I was going to meetups and I just, it just wasn't the right flavor. It wasn't the right brand. It wasn't the right people. It wasn't the right, you know, and although there are so many awesome places out there to, to get those kind of small group interactions and that community feel, it just didn't feel authentic to me. It was either like two, like I was going to circles of uh, support groups for people who um, struggle with anxiety and depression. And that was so helpful, but it wasn't like, you know, you didn't walk in with like cool music playing and I didn't feel like I could be friends with the people there. It was sort of this, like, come in, have this experience and then leave. And I think um, a big part of the deep space is that it's not just come for an hour, have this discussion and then never think about it again. It's like, no, this is a conversation that starts at the deep space, but goes beyond and people connect there and, and end up building friendships. And it's really a community that's, um, pushing to go beyond just this. I'm going on a retreat and I'm going to have this experience. And then I go back to normal life. Like, I think that I, um, really value the idea of integrating, you know, something that can be viewed as a more spiritual practice or a more, um, kind of out there experience and, and blending that into, to day-to-day life, um, basically to like become better human beings, to be happier, to have more connection and empathy and, and access to vulnerability. But 
I kind of got off track there. So the way it started is while I was looking for these communities and not finding anything that really fit, um, I decided to invite a bunch of friends over was like people I had met at school, my cousins, my brother and sister, um, my boyfriend, um, a few friends that I'd made at yoga and whatnot. And I kind of gathered these, this eclectic group, group of people to have a conversation about death, which is my biggest fear. And so this is a few years ago. We all gathered. It was this semi-facilitated evening. We ordered food. Um, and it was just this kind of wacky idea that I, that I somehow put together and thought, this could be a cool way to connect all these people and get that, that feeling of community. Um, and then once that evening was done, everyone started asking, okay, when's the next one? When are you doing this again? Or is it going to be on death? Is it going to be a different subject? And, um, the idea of, of doing it, um, periodically throughout the year really attracted me. But again, I had that fear of like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Oh, no one's going to come. I don't know if this would really work. Uh, It's too much work. Um, so it actually took me a year before doing the second deep space, which at the time was called discussion night, because that's what it was. It was a discussion night. Um, And then uh, slowly but surely, we started kind of building a a team of volunteers who were diehard deep spacers and and my team of of deep spacers who are so passionate about bringing people together and having these these deep conversations. And it's kind of just evolved and it it still is evolving, Um, but it, it, it was definitely an organic growth. It wasn't like from... Like, you know, I went to bed and woke up the next morning having this idea of what it would be. It's definitely been this kind of evolving community. Um, and so where we're at today is that we have once a month conversations, the last Wednesday of every month, and we gather, I mean, preferably in person, but that will come one day. So not, for now we're on Zoom and um, we we gather and we're about 30 of us. We have a super kind of, we run a tight ship in terms of, um, the schedule and the way it works and our guidelines. And, um, and so, yeah, we, it's just a place where you can come connect and kind of, um, cut the small talk and and go straight to, um, pushing boundaries in, in conversation and, and a deep understanding of other people's experiences. And I think that's what really keeps people coming back is the sense of, wow, this is, this is more meaningful than just chatting with a friend. This is more meaningful than talking about what, you know, catching up and just talking about how, how your life is going. This is, um, kind of pushing you to dig deeper and to have those moments of discomfort. And, um, and in that there's a lot of, of healing and growth and, uh, feelings of belonging. So yeah, that's that's base. That is awesome. I think you nailed it when you say, you know, we grow so much from discomfort. And I think many of us don't like going there because it's it's icky, it's dark, it's obviously uncomfortable. But, you know, the surface level chatter, I think, is to me, I find it as as fun and fluffy as it could be. It could be a little mind numbing too, right? So, it's fantastic that you're you're creating a space that allows for 
going deeper and feeling good about it. And even if it is a little odd and it feels like I'm sure in, in your career in fashion modeling, right. That the most maybe awkward and uncomfortable poses become this unbelievable art. So true. Yeah. The most uncomfortable postures somehow come out to look the most natural and beautiful. (laughs) But that's the art. That's the art of it. And the other part can sometimes be the stressors and the anxiety that will fuel and push us to make our platforms and our communities better. What are some of the ways that you would say you cope with some of the stress that must come with having to constantly be creative? Um, I mean, I think that I definitely have to give a lot of credit to the the team members at the Deep Space that have been supportive and and shown up and and been okay when we make mistakes and when things don't go perfectly. Um, so definitely having that group of people that are really supportive has been essential to to my anxiety about about launching this project. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I think I'm still so much in the process of, of figuring out how I'm going to deal with those, those anxieties and those coping mechanisms. And so I think we'll, we'll have to see, but my main answer would be just being able to have supportive family and, and friends and community that um, are open to talking about it, not just in a, I'm going to try to sales pitch you my idea, but in a real, like, what does this actually mean? And how do, what are the differences we're actually making? And is the money that we're giving to charity making a difference? Um, are, how are our sponsorships actually affecting? Like, I think there's going to be more and more of that kind of um, bouncing off ideas with other people as we grow. Um, so I would have to say, yeah, my, 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 my crew, my people around me have been really essential in, in helping ground me in this, this whole process. It takes a village, right? Oh yeah, for sure. You mentioned authenticity, which is such a dichotomy. Cause I know your, your career started off with, you know, it was so glamorous. And I mean, by all accounts, it's, it's what all of us consider hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Um, but you said there was that disconnect. So it's so interesting that you, you ended up creating a place that feels really authentic to you. Yeah. I, I, I would have to say, I feel really proud at the, the authenticity that comes out of these conversations. Um, I think it's interesting because we're all wearing masks, right. At different times for different reasons. And I really don't think um, that masks are a bad thing. And I think that you can be authentic in different situations and in different places. Um, and so I think that modeling has really, um, made me pretty good at wearing masks. Um, but what I've struggled with is knowing which masks like fit me in which scenarios. And so an example would be, let's say, you know, in the modeling world, you're really expected to say yes to everything, never complain, always smile, never show up, you know, angry or sad on set. And this, this mentality of always showing up as this super kind of smiley, perfect, uh, everything's, you know, great, happy go lucky person. But I had to learn that like, maybe that serves me in that world. But then when I come home to see family or if I'm at a Christmas, you know, family reunion, um, maybe those masks don't serve me in, in those places. And maybe when I'm around friends and we're catching up about, Oh, how's your career going and how's your life? And, 
um, there's a sort of rundown of this is what happened to me this year. Like maybe, um, that's a, a time where I can take off that mask and, and really trust that I'm enough for my friends or my family. Um, but that takes, a, it took me a lot of work anyways. Um, and so I hope that the deep space can be a place where, um, instead of sort of building up this, this identity and putting on all these masks and trying to present from a certain lens with a certain objective, that it can be a place where you can just take a big breath and just let, let go. And, uh, oh, there's the word again, <laughs> the two words of the year. Let go. Um, but you can really soften into, um, into your authentic self, which is going to be different moment to moment. But in that moment, um, can you really connect to what you're feeling and to what other people are, are sharing with you? And the beauty of being able to really ground yourself and listen, we put a huge emphasis on listening. Um, cause we're all, like, when we're in conversation, we're always sort of thinking, Oh, what am I, how am I going to answer this question? How am I going to seem, is it going to come off cool? Am I going to be, you know, am I going to be woke enough when I say it this way? Um, so trying to kind of cut that narrative and go, what is the other person saying? What are they really saying? Am I really hearing them? And there's just something super magical that happens with that when you're able to be in the moment and listen to someone else's experience, it almost brings you into your true self and, and allows you to, when it's your turn, express from the truth and the authentic self, uh, part of you rather than the presenting and, um, perfectionistic controlling side of yourself. For sure. Because I think listening is such an art. I mean, there's, there's, there's something, you know, because at the end of the day, you're right. We're, we're, we're just itching to get our point across and then, you know, they'll be talking and then we'll just be sort of the wheels are turning and okay, so I'm going to pick up on that and I'm going to make sure I reply to that and retort to that. And especially now, I mean, we're having these really intense conversations with our loved ones, with all the stuff that's happening. I mean, yes, we're in the middle of a a global health crisis, but there's also a huge um, equality movement that we can't ignore. And so, you know, we're going to be met with all kinds of different opinions and uncomfortable ones. And so we don't really have a choice. We, we, we have to listen, even though we disagree a lot of the time. Right. Totally. I mean, that was one thing that was especially um, brought to light by the last deep space, which was about uh, privilege And the anxiety that people told me about, um, the anxiety that they felt coming to this type of conversation where they were going to be asked questions around um, race and privilege and and their thoughts on it, um, it was really, I guess it was really beautiful to see that even though there was that much anxiety around it, including myself, um, but it's almost like we were taking a chance and the payoff was worth the, the, um, the, the chance of maybe doing something really taboo or uncomfortable or, you know what I mean? Like it was, um, it was probably one of the most powerful deep spaces because there was this sense of, um, I I haven't talked about this before in this way. Is it okay to talk about this in this way? Like, let me hear what you have to think about this. And it was just, really, um, touching to, to see and hear from people afterwards, their experience, um, coming to a place where you were kind of for, I mean, not forced, but kind of forced to listen in a really, 
um, respectful way to other people's experiences without having to defend yourself or your experience. And it was just this beautiful exchange that, um, that was really impactful for a lot of people. I, I think your the themes that you choose are impactful. I mean, we, we mentioned body image, privilege, um, purpose. How do you come up with the themes? Are, do they all sort of touch on a, a personal level for you? Well, I mean, yes, in the sense that I try to pick themes that, um, that everyone can have a, a point of view on. Like I would never pick, um, I would never pick a subject that was like, I don't know, a specific type of politics or, um, something that was specified and that you could be an expert in. Um, we really believe at the deep space that you're not an expert in anything except for your own experience. And so this idea of, I don't care if you're a relationship expert and you studied, you know, relationships and you come to our talk on relationships, like we don't want to hear this spewing of information that you listen to on a podcast or that you read in a blog post or that you got on Instagram. Like we want to hear about your experience. And so as long as it's a topic where everyone has their own experience to bring to the table, then that's a beautiful topic. Um, so there's definitely been some topics that people enjoy more than, than others. Um, but in general, it's all been topics that no matter who you are, um, no matter what age you are, no matter how you identify um, yourself as, you're going to have something to say about it because we're looking for conversations that are on the human experiential level. Human experiential level. Wow. Um, and actually, due to the fact that you mentioned from the get-go in our first conversation, speaking of human experiential Deeply for you, your human experiential connection to nature. Tell us more about that. Is that is that your happy place? Is that a place you go in your head and actually physically when you need to be grounded again? I mean, yeah, I think again it goes back to this this idea of accepting that I have many different parts of myself. Um, and that's been a journey in and of itself, this idea of um being really, and I think this is something a lot of millennials can can relate to this idea of needing to be attached to uh, an identity that that you can kind of present to the world and go, "This is who I am. This is my Instagram bio. This is my, you know, those kind of things." And and I've had to really come to peace with that. Um, I like going to New York City, and I love shopping, and I love, um, you know going out and drinking and, and that stuff. And I also love doing, um, uh, a 10 day silent meditation retreat and, um, coming to the country and, um, spending time with my family where I grew up, um, going rock climbing, all these types of things. And so, um, I, I think it's definitely a part of myself. Um, but I wouldn't consider it the only part or the most, um, the most grounding part, because sometimes going to the city and seeing some of my best friends can be just as grounding in, in a different way. Um, but it's definitely a huge part of, of me and who I am and how I grew up. And, um, and I connect with my family in that environment. So it's definitely a special part. 
It's so refreshing to hear that, you know, things can coexist. I think we live in such a world where we feel we have to compartmentalize our lives, um, you know, and it's it's so interesting to finally hear a city girl admit to the fact that she also loves the country, I think, because they, they live apart all the time. And I think the fact that you are multifaceted is what makes you deeply connected to other people. And that's part of the reason on the deep space why you connect to your community so well, because you are so diverse as a person. Well, thank you. I take that as a huge, huge compliment because <laughs> it hasn't been my strong suit. It's definitely been been a journey, but thank you for, for acknowledging that and noticing that. Absolutely. Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, let's get to know you a little bit more. So tell us something you've never done. Okay. So something that I've never done that I actually would love to do, but I'm scared shitless, honestly, is I've never done like a, a public speaking gig or public speaking kind of um, like where I tell my story or I go and I know I've been invited to do these types of things, um, but I'm just so scared of uh, public speaking and you wouldn't really notice because I'm always the one in like in school or at the deep space who's talking and presenting, um, but I get a lot a lot of anxiety and so I've never done a public speaking gig. Um, but it's something that I would really like to, to work on and, and I would really love to do it one day. Oh, wow. You would be so good at it. I mean, I implore you. (laughs) You totally should. I mean, I think that's also something is like, that's speaking of common humanity. We all have that fear. I think of being up on a stage where we're being inherently what we think is judged, but I think the more, apparently from the research I've done on anxiety, the more you do it, even in dribs and drabs and tiny little, you know, um, sort of round tables. So I think the more you do it, the less you'll be inclined to freeze up. I've, I've had so many moments where I've presented and I have literally lost my breath and I have, (laughs) I've, I've froze in front of crowds and I'm still here to talk about it. I mean, at the, uh, like, I'm human and we all are. And I think the audience actually, there's like an endearing quality to someone actually freezing up because it shows that no one's really superwoman. As much as we want to think that we are, we're human. For sure. For sure. Finally, I want to know what are you most excited about? Not just on the deep space, of course, but for you in your life, what gets you super pumped about what's coming up? Okay. Well, the interesting thing, I mean, going back to, um, the first question that you asked, like, we just don't know what's happening. And so there's a bunch of things that I am excited about. Um, but I don't know if they're going to happen or not, um, or when they're going to happen. But, um, one of the things that I'm really excited about is that my friend is getting married in the States and so, um, I really hope that I'm going to be able to, to go there. I think they're still like nailing down a date, but I think it's going to be in, in September. Um, and I, I'd really love to be there. Um, but I just don't know if I will or not. So we'll have to see time will tell. I have a good feeling. I'm going to send some positive vibes your way and do, do. 
you know, we don't have control over much right now, but we do have control on our day to day in in the most sort of sometimes minute ways possible. And to me, it was a joy to connect with you. And I hope to stay connected because your energy is awesome. I think what you're doing with the deep space is really, it's so inspiring. And it, it feels nice to know that there's a place that's safe and a space that is allowed for people to feel like they can talk about deep things. And I really, I thank you for that, honestly. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I really want it to be a place where where people feel um, invited to. And um, although there is a limited amount of people that come to each meeting, I really encourage anyone who's thinking about it, um, or nervous about it or anxious about joining this type of a group. Um, I promise you, everyone listening, we really do a good job at making at making everyone feel comfortable and included and um, definitely recommend checking it out. If, if there's an inkling of anxiety popping up, then that's a sign that you need to go check it out and, and, and join us. So how can everybody join? How can we join your your community? How can we attend the deep space? Yeah. So first of all, follow us on Instagram. It's at the dot deep space. And uh, in the link in bio, there'll either be a ticket for the upcoming event, or if that's already sold out, then there'll be a link to put your email to get the invites to the event. Um, You can also visit our website, which is thedeepspace.ca. And there's all the information about our sponsorships, our events, our community members, and um, our, our mailing list to get email invites um, is on the website. Um, so there's many different ways that you can connect. And um, you can also follow me on Instagram. It's at Chantal Staffab, S-T-A-F-F-A-B-B. Um, and I'd be happy to answer any questions, any thoughts, concerns, um, just send me a DM on either of those uh, Instagram pages and I'd be happy to connect. By the way, your IG is really awesome. Your grid, if you will, is like the most colorful, amazing array of like snippets of your life. I'm just, I follow Chantal around. I love it. I'm all about color and I talk a lot about my feelings and having my period and there's a lot of dog content. So if you're into that, um, definitely give me a follow and, um, send me a message. (laughs) I think we, I think we all need more of that right now. So Chantel, thank you so much for your time, your energy. Um, it's been a pleasure and I'm really, I'm excited. I got a new friend here in the city, so I'm pumped. I am so excited to um, have you at one of the deep spaces. Let's definitely keep in touch. And um, this was so great. Thank you for your contribution to your community. You're doing awesome things. Thank you so much. That was the fabulous Chantal Stafford Abbott, founder of the deep space. I thank her so much for her authenticity in sharing her journey with us. And I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Once again, wishing you an amazing week ahead. And of course, as always, go conquer.